0: Hey, welcome to Pickled Parables. My name's Jesse. Today we're gonna look at the most famous passage in Galatians. It's really well known because it includes a list called the Fruit of the Spirit. Now, there are so many resources out there that already exist that detail and analyze each word in this list. There's nine characteristics. And because there's already an abundance of of that helpful offering. I'm not going to dissect each list that's in this passage. Rather, my approach today is going to be contextual, kind of looking at the big picture. This passage comes right after the statement of, Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So today's lesson expands more on this distinction between fleshly desire and submission of self. The two ta- categories that Paul compares in today's passage is walking by the Spirit and gratifying the desires of the flesh. Typically, when we approach this passage, we focus on the fruit of the Spirit with such a, a squinty eye that we lose track of the context around it. So just as a heads up, we're going to approach it differently today. Wow. Wow. It is summertime in this hemisphere, and it's just hot. <laughs> it's, it's very warm in the recording studio today. I'm going to try to make this lesson short uh, before I slide out of my leather chair from sweating. Sorry, that's probably too graphic. Today, we're looking at Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26 Honestly as an introduction I wish I could read all of the Galatians up to this passage because uh, Paul does such a great job we need we need to remember this is a letter that he was writing to a group of people and Paul does a great job of building up and like setting up expectations and then delivering them later. This is a delivery from an expectation from earlier, something he had established. Uh, I I don't think you would enjoy listening to me read through, uh, I don't know how much, about five chapters of Galatians. So what I'll do to save time and also so that you don't dislike me, I'm going to focus on just the passages uh, that I guess would be pretty important to know about before we enter into the passage we'll study today. So I'm going to go to Galatians. I have my Bible open. You might hear some pages turning. Flip, flop. Uh, I'm going to jump around quite a bit. So I'll I'll, uh, give the reference, the verse address, as I read it, just so you know. Uh, kind of where I am if you want to come back later and check this out for yourself. So the let me just look at this really fast. The first chapter of Galatians was looking at, uh, oh, Paul kind of talking about no, a different gospel, how he was called by God. Chapter 2 is him being accepted by the apostles, uh, justified by faith. Okay. Let me, I'm in Galatians chapter 2. I'm in verse 17. But if... In our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? This is a rhetorical question. And he says, Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Uh, I'm going to skip down to chapter 3, verse 2. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? It's a good question. Uh, verse 14, still chapter 3. It's in the middle of a sentence, I apologize, but just so that we hear it. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Uh, I'm going to skip to chapter 4, I think. But when the fullness of time had come, I'm sorry, this is chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Okay, then the rest of chapter 4, Paul talks about uh, when he visited the Galatians, he gives an example of Hagar and Sarah. Oh, this is good. Chapter 5, verse 1. This is important. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, that's, that's, pro- that's actually a pretty good jumping point. Uh, I'm going to jump now from this verse, to what we're going to be studying. I'm going to read this again. This is chapter 5, verse 1. Just We're going to use it like a trampoline, try to bounce on it a couple of times to get a little higher. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, in chapter 5, verse 13, we have this. For you were called to freedom, my brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now I want to hold these two verses up to the light and just let you see them in contrast to each other. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, specifically, what Paul is talking about is this is coming right after an, an example, an analogy of Hagar and Sarah. That's a whole lesson. We have that if you would like to go back and listen to that. But he's talking about being uh, imprisoned or being under the, the bondage of the law Of the Old Testament. Now, the law was not evil. The law was not a bad thing. It was a very good thing. It was uh, a gift God gave to Israel. The problem with the law was that it was uh, given by a perfect God to an imperfect people. And because it was so good and the people were so bad, it entrapped them under a standard that they could never meet. Now, that Jesus has come. Actually, I can just read that verse. Uh, It's in chapter 3, verse 23. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, through faith. So, that. It kind of answers that beautifully, actually. So, we look at chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, Paul tells this to the Galatians because they were <laughs> having problems with this because of a group of people that we could call the Judaizers, or the in the ESV, they're also called the, the Circumcision Party. They're not called that in uh, many other translations, I believe. So, Typically, people refer to these people as Judaizers. Uh, in chapter 5, verse 2, Paul explains, Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Simply because they're trying to earn their way. They're trying to follow something uh, in order to like, become saved or make themselves uh, appear worthwhile or worthy Before God. But really, that's only available and uh, not available, able. You're only able to do that through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, in chapter 5, verse 13, it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, this is a little different and it's almost a little mind-boggling, because if you think about it, within this freedom that we're given, we're supposed to submit to something. Within this freedom that we're given, we're supposed to willingly give it up and submit to other brothers and sisters in Christ. We're we're approaching the passage we're going to study. Here we go. Chapter 5, verse 16. Right off the heels of all of that. But I say, again, this is Paul, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go verse by verse. I'll make an observation through each. We'll try to be super, super simple, just so that it's easy so first observation walking by the spirit is different than gratifying the desires of the flesh it's very simple so let's talk about this now walking by the spirit what does that mean it, it's it's difficult because of the translation barrier but literally it, it could be said uh, aligned with the spirit Paul really does enjoy in many of his epistles using this term of walking uh, to describe kind of daily life. It's pretty accurate because you have to walk uh, in order to accomplish many different things. Sometimes you have to run. Sometimes you have to crawl. It, It just depends on what you have to do. But walking sums up a lot of daily life. And so walking by the Spirit involves uh, a form of living daily living now that's just that expression literally from the the translation here we have aligning with the spirit, so this is more uh about like in harmony or in rank in row in <laughs> I'm just giving synonyms now uh, it's it's following it's it's being in the will of god it's it's wanting what he wants pretty much. So walking by the spirit is different than gratifying the desires of the flesh. Now let me reread again chapter 5 verse 13 just just a little bit above this paragraph. You were called to freedom, my brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So this is what he's talking about gratifying the desires of the flesh. And flesh, Paul also likes this word, and it also gets translated to flesh. It's not just that weird thing that covers our body. It's, it's, more, it's more than that. It's our thoughts. It's our attitudes. It's our, uh, it's our nature. It's, it's who we are, our flesh. So walking by the Spirit is different than gratifying the desires of the flesh. That's the first uh, observation that I'll make. Verse 17. For the the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Okay. So not only are they different from each other, but they're kind of competitive. They're uh, opposing each other. For the desires of the Spirit. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped the line. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So, walking by the Spirit opposes gratifying the desires of the flesh. This opposition. Uh, affects the way people carry out their desires. Paul explains I think it's in chapter 7. I'm sorry. I think it's in it's in Romans. Uh I think it's in chapter 7. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Paul describes this this what what he's talking about, this idea. Uh Right. For I do not understand my own actions. This is uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 15. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it's good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I do not know, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do that I do not want is what I keep on doing. Sorry, that was pretty brutal. Uh, I hadn't practiced reading that verse. It was kind of snuck up on me. (laughs) So here we have the walking by the Spirit. It opposes the gratifying, the desires of the flesh. This opposition affects the way people carry out the desires. They might have desires to do something, but they might not be able to do it or they might have hindrances to do it because of a conflicting, I suppose, nature could be a good word for that. So now, uh, chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. We're back in this passage. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So here's something we can know. Being led by the Spirit is different than being under the law. I've already read this verse, so it should make sense. Being under the law imprisoned those who gratify the desires of the flesh. Being led by the Spirit is different than gratifying the desires of the flesh. Thus, those being led by the Spirit are not imprisoned under the law. And this is the summarization of a thought because the next thing he says is verse 19, and he says, now. (laughs) He's he's continuing on. He's going on. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. He gives a full list here. There's quite a few things. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, Like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm not going to go or take the time to go through each of these lists. There's a, there's a list called the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. They're given in comparison to each other. I'm not going to go through each characteristic or each, I don't know what you would call it, attribute? I don't know. Characteristic sounds good. I'm not going to go through each one. People have done that uh, a lot. And so there's a lot of resources out there you can go check. Um, I would encourage you to go check them out. It's a good study. However, I do want to focus on the the bigger picture. The works of the flesh are evident. Now, again, flesh does not just mean uh, the the stuff that covers your skeletal frame and keeps all of your organs and stuff inside of you. This is the the flesh, meaning the person, the 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 thoughts, the attitudes, the just the full makeup of a person. The works of the flesh are evident. This is something we see. This is something we see in each other. This is something we see in ourselves. This is something we see in the world. This list includes different kinds of desires. You remember in verse 13, it says, You were called the freedom brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. All of these things, our desires uh, it, it's physical stimulation, uh, personal fan, uh, like fascination well, what's going on in here? Uh, we have what well, that's personal promotion self-centeredness that's disregard for others, um, probably personal enjoyment. those look like maybe cope, coping mechanisms that reinforce self. Gratifying the desires of the flesh will not lead to the kingdom uh, kingdom of God, the kingdom inheritance. Because this denotes uh, the works of the flesh. And it's interesting how Paul picks that, works of the flesh. It's, it's very similar to how people were trying to work their way for God's approval. The problem is, as Paul just kind of laid out here with this list, the works of the flesh do not produce anything that puts man in a in a good spotlight before God. It's very clear. Also, Paul says here, let me find it. Oh, yeah, and things like these. So, to be clear, these aren't uh, an exhaustive list. These are representative ideas, things he's using. To just kind of put a teaser out there. If, if you do the study of each uh, characteristic here, this was uh, applicable to the people of Galatia and the things they were struggling with and the things they were dealing with. So th- this, we do need to remember Galatians, this letter was written to a specific people in a specific time. So these things were applicable to their situation. Then it is applicable to us now because all these things are are still true. Uh, But these are all things that come from the flesh. So it's nothing good. Like he said in Romans, nothing good comes. Uh, He gives a comparative list, which he calls not works of the Spirit, which you think would be a good uh, direct comparison, right? He calls them the fruit of the Spirit. This is verse 22. But, so this is contrastive, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, compared to the works of the flesh, fruit implies uh, growth. Growing had to happen. As already shown, being led by the Spirit is different than being led by a want to gratify the desires of the flesh. Fruit produced by the Spirit is different from work Produced by the flesh. Fruit of the Spirit comes from being led by the Spirit, and works of the flesh come from gratifying the desires of the flesh. This list includes different kinds of submission, uh, a subtle callback to Galatians five thirteen. This is a key verse for this passage. Uh, for you were called the freedom brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Uh, Also, uh, against such things, there is no law. Meaning, the fruit of the Spirit comes from being led by the Spirit, and those who are led by the Spirit are not under the law, Galatians 5.18. The next verse, uh, verse 24, says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh along with its passions. Now, this is a callback to Galatians chapter 3, verse 25. We were uh, just in this area not too long ago. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, under the law. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female For you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Also, chapter 4, verse 3 through 7, In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time and heirs through God. Verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So, again, let me note this. Living by the Spirit is different than walking by the Spirit. I'll read it again. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Literally, it just it means aligned with the Spirit. So, we live with the Spirit. As believers in Christ, we have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He is with us. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. But we must be intentional about aligning ourselves with Him. Because the, the works we produce are completely different than the fruit He produces. Verse 26, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Walking by the Spirit opposes gratifying the desires of the flesh. Don't stop walking by the Spirit and start gratifying the desires of the flesh. Here's my main point. Through Christ, we are given freedom and the Holy Spirit. But this freedom... Is only fully exercised when we willingly submit to one another and align ourselves with the Holy Spirit, which is also another form of submission. I'll read the key verse again, chapter 5, verse 13. You recalled the freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Within this freedom we're given, don't use it for selfish desires or selfish tendencies or self-centeredness thinking. Within this freedom we're given, willingly submit yourself, surrender yourself to the Spirit and to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Serve them and let them serve you hey thanks for joining us today again my name is Jesse with Parable Ministries uh, I just want to give a shout out right now to a listener in Spain uh, just have been so diligent and dedicated to this podcast I thank you for listening uh, you are such a treasure to the Lord and, and I really appreciate you in listening to this and Hopefully you've been enjoying it. Uh, I would like it if you sent an email to send it to me. Send it to jesse at parableministries.com. I'd love to chat with you uh, and just uh, kind of meet you uh, through email. <laughs> uh, I want to thank uh, all of you who are listening right now. Just I, I do appreciate you. It's so encouraging when uh, I have to go look at the analytics to, to see the the numbers and, and, and things. I, I know you're you're not numbers, you're people. And I, I, I try really hard to remember that. <laughs> uh, but if you would like to contact me or uh, Parable Ministries, uh, send an email to contact at parableministries.com or uh, just send it to me at jesse at parableministries.com. You can go to our website to do that or you can just do it in your uh, email sender thingy app. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. I'll catch you later.